Well, hello there, and welcome back to the AFA podcast, the official podcast of animationforadults.com. This week we will be talking about the Oscar-nominated film My Life is a Zucchini, or My Life is Courgette, or Ma Vie la Courgette, as it was originally entitled, which is coming out in US cinemas from G-Kids Films from February 24th, and we were lucky enough to watch, and we will be talking about later. Uh, but before that, we will do our usual news and things like that. God. The usual spiel. And I'm Chris, and I'm joined, you've already heard her, by Rachel. Hi, Rachel. Hello, everybody. How's it going? Good. I'm, I'm happy to be sitting down. I've uh, been training for a 5K, and it's been uh, rather rough, but so I'm really happy to be sitting down and uh, talking about some of this movie, because I've been uh, really excited to see this one. Awesome. And by Dan. Hello, Dan. Hi, Chris. How's it going? Well, thanks. Always good. <laughs> and I'm joined after a little break by Yvonne. Yvonne's back. Hello. Hello. It's nice to be here with you guys. It's good to yeah. have you, as always. <laughs> okay. Right, we're we're going to get into some news in a minute, uh, but just before that, just a little bit of housekeeping. Uh, as we sometimes call it. Um, if you would like to find all our previous episodes, you can find them on animationforadults.com and podcast.com. You can find the last 50 or so on um, iTunes and Stitcher. And I'm, I'm trying to see if I can get the all the episodes back on there, but at the moment, it will only go back about 50 episodes. But you can find all the episodes, as I said, either on our website if you go on the podcast tab or you can find them on uh, podcast.com and if you'd like if you enjoy the show maybe you'd like to go on your favourite venue of choice podcast.com or iTunes or Stitcher and maybe leave us a little star rating and review say, shall we say f- five stars does that sound reasonable hey hey and a little, and a little review because that actually does help us out because it helps other people find the review and it makes makes us move up the rankings and stuff like that. So yeah, even it, if you guys have any suggestions about uh, episode topics or anything, we can always you know by all means send them our way. We'd be uh, interested to see what you guys would like you know to hear us talk about on this on the show. And yeah, you can send us an email at podcast at animationfadults.com or you can get in touch via uh, Twitter or Facebook. Okay, so time to actually finally get onto the news yeah, uh, so so as we talk as we speak basically exactly a week ago from when we're recording now it was the BAFTA Film Awards in London the British Academy of Film and Television Arts gave out their golden masks to the biggest and brightest in in the film industry of the world or mainly La La Land as it happens uh, yeah that, that, that film really seemed to kind of like sweep the rug or like sweep the rug under from everybody. As it it probably will uh, at the Oscars where it's going to win everything including like best animation and uh, (laughs) (laughs) everything it's not even eligible for. Best visual effects. Mm, Yeah Yeah, and uh, best catering. We don't want to hear about (laughs) Chris. No that's not what we're here to talk about. The um, best animated film. Uh, the nominations were Zootopia, Moana, Finding Dory, 
and Kubo and the Two Strings. So it looked like it was probably going to be a Disney or a Pixar film. But it wasn't. It was Kubo and the Two Strings. So awesome. That was yeah, like that it. was a nice result. Uh, so you could say that maybe the Disney films split the split the vote uh, possibly. But <laughs> that, that gave Kubo the the chance to sneak in and grab the rest. But I, I've awesome. been I've, I love it. I've sort of been seeing this coming for a while. Not necessarily with this film, but I've been thinking that BAFTA maybe had. A decent chance of giving Lyca an award at some point because as I said before I think like British audiences appreciate stop motion a bit more than mm-hmm. the mainstream in America really because basically because we had Aardman um, well Aardman and then we also had like lots of things like um, Magic Roundabout like imported and all the Oliver Postgate stuff yeah Bagpuss. Bagpuss. so there's a cultural acceptance maybe to it I don't, I don't I don't know what it is I mean I don't know how um, how the BAFTA um, voting is set up either whether that has anything to do with it well apparently it is now the same as Oscars and it didn't used to be but it's like the different branches vote for the category nominations and then everyone votes for everything I think Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's it was a good result to see Kubo win. Yeah. Oh um, yeah. And the, the animation award made it into the edit on the um, on the TV broadcast, which it doesn't always do. Nice. So nice. that was good. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I was watching it, and I was expecting. Well, they're going to put the animation bit at the bit at the end where they just say uh, other awards. <laughs> <laughs> well, the like credits run. On the end there, just like, yeah. Oh, by the way, this is an in- part of the film industry that we should probably acknowledge. But no, they actually gave it out on the telly, which was nice. Um, and also, animation-wise, uh, the Jungle Book won special uh, visual effects award, which you can't really argue with. Right. Nope. Even if the film was a bit pants, but. <laughs> but, but not like, but not like Chris's uh, doesn't like the movie or anything, right? No, no <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's just gonna subtly it's... knock Mowgli on the jaw there out of nowhere. <laughs> anyway, for once, this is our opportunity not to talk about Disney because Kubo won. Yeah, yeah. the odds. Laika's victory. Mm-hmm, and um. Also winning at BAFTAs, well, there was a short British animated film called A Love Story, which I don't know anything about, but I know it is stop motion. So, yeah. another stop motion winner. So, there you go. Cool. They're, they're moving on from the awards, but staying in stop motion, there is a project that we talked about a little while ago coming from Starburns Industries, the makers of Anomalisa and also um, Rick and Morty, but that isn't stop motion. Um, <laughs> they are making a film called Bubbles, which is based on a blacklist winning uh, script about uh, Michael Jackson's pet chimp. Um, you may uh... remember us talking about that a while ago. Well, we've got some more news, and Ooh. that is that it's got a director, and as with um, 
Anomalisa, which was directed by Charlie Kaufman. Uh, this is again being directed by someone from outside the world of animation, and it's actually uh, one of my favourite directors of recent years, and that is Taika Waititi. Oh my goodness! Who is the director of a little film called um, Hunt for the Wilder People that came out last year that was amazing, and he is very he much watching did, um, Eagle versus Shark, right? Yes, and what we do in the shadows, which is amazing. Yeah. Um, and funnily enough, I was thinking the other week. I was thinking I would love to see uh, Taika Waititi do an animated film. I, I was actually thinking I want him to do a, an animated film, like voiced by um, <laughs> Jermaine Clement and Reese Darby and <laughs> Brett. I can't remember his surname. <laughs> Brett McKenzie from <laughs> from Flight of the Concords. And and himself because he is also an excellent actor, as you can see in um, in the film um, What We Do in the Shadows, where he's one of the main characters. Um, oh yeah, and he's directing yeah a little film called For Ragnarok as well uh, that's coming out later this year. Ah. So, so he's not that busy then. It's not up to much. No. Yeah. That is and amazing. That is amazing make, yeah. news though. Yes. Yeah. So. I should say that he is co-directing, uh, as oh, was else. as was the case with um, uh, Charlie Kaufman co-directed with Duke Johnson, even though it wasn't really mentioned in most places because that whole thing we've been talking about about <laughs> oh, it's 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 not like one of those other animated films. This is an animated film made by a real filmmaker, <laughs> that kind of thing. Um, uh. I, I presume it's probably like um, the, the, the. I mean, the reason this happened was be mainly technical. I think mm -hmm. uh, the reason it happened with the anomalies was that was that um, Duke Johnson had experience, experience. directing yeah. stop motion in the studio and working with the animators, the same animators who was who were working on Anomalisa, um, mm -hmm. and yeah, I think I think like. There's a, there's a technical reason to it. Yeah, he is co-directing with a gentleman called Mark Gustafon, or Gustafon, I don't know quite how you say it, who was actually a director of animation on Fantastic Mr. Fox. So. Oh, awesome. Love that movie. So that is very good news. And this is probably going to be quite a long way off because it's stop motion and <laughs> that takes its time. <laughs> But this is definitely an interesting thing that's happening, bringing in more people from outside animation, because uh, we've obviously got another Wes Anderson film coming out, Isle of Dogs. Um, it's going to be out eventually again, <laughs> and um, also the, uh, the Australian uh, comedian slash songwriter slash playwright slash superstar. Tim Minchin is uh, co-directing a or directing a um, animated musical as well for DreamWorks. Really? Um, yes. I didn't know. That's amazing. I, I think I might have mentioned it briefly before because I found out about it. I was like, why did I not know about this? <laughs> it's called Larrikins. Yes. And directed by Tim Minchin and someone called Chris Miller. I wonder if which Chris Miller that is. Not that one, I think. Not, not <laughs> that one. 
there's there's another I think there's another Chris Miller who is also experienced in animation. Right. Um, and apparently the um Edgar Wright uh Dreamworks movie is still going ahead. Oh that as well. Yeah. Yeah. Which I'm even yeah. Because I'm um, very excited the, about. the original incarnation was like shelved and lots mm-hmm. of um like really awesome pencil tests have been appearing on the internet. Um of like these beautiful like hand drawn I think actually on paper as well um like uh 2D animation that's just been yeah abandoned yeah I I actually I think in that case uh, uh this is this is Chris Miller known for his work on Shrek Shrek 2 and Shrek the 3rd so mm. he is a Dreamworks veteran um it says known for his work, but what exactly that is? Oh, he he directed Shrek the Third and Puss in Boots. Okay. So, yeah, he is, as you'd say, a solid pair of hands. I think safe pair of, safe pair of hands <laughs> in animation terms. Um, again, working with someone from outside animation would be interesting. Yeah, interesting. Definitely an interesting team up of uh, different, like you know, creative minds. So it sh- it should be a very uh, interesting film. Yes. So basically, Edgar Wright, Taika Waititi, and um, uh, Wes Anderson. It means like, oh, basically, all my favorite directors are currently working <laughs> on animated <laughs> films. <laughs> oh boy! It's a good time in some ways, culturally, <laughs> entertainment-wise. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so we will bring you more news on Bubbles when we get it, because that's something we're definitely going to be paying attention to. That's gonna yeah, be that's sure. gonna be incredible, because I I was thinking this week, like I was for some reason, don't ask me why I was <laughs> I I ended up like re-listening to Thriller and Bad oh. <laughs> albums and thinking to myself like, why is it that there hasn't been like a biopic has it been like legal reasons or because usually like you would have you would have expected there to have been like three mm. at least by now um but i think bubbles is going to be the perfect for it because it seems like what well, i it's it's about bubbles it's not about michael jackson yeah it's he's it's, sort of like going to be on the fringes of mm-hmm. the, of every shot or scene you just hear hee hee in the background <laughs> in the background mm. yeah um yeah so hey f- fun fact about um Curse of the World of People is it's um it's got the granny from Moana in it so there you go oh so no, is that her yeah because no. she's so not actually like that old at all yeah um like pretty much the same character as well it's the um it's no it's the um the uh it's the uh like uh what oh the child protection officer yeah Yeah. i think yeah if if there's if there is another uh film version of matilda i want her Mm. to play miss miss trunchbull because she's perfect (laughs) oh wow yeah that'd be crazy yeah so she was in Fun fact, she was in the best two films of last year. So there you go. Uh, moving on. 
<laughs> I'm just forcing my opinions in here <laughs> this week. It's the world well, we live in. Well, you missed out on last week, we so it's, it's making up for lost time. Yeah. <laughs> so bossy. <laughs> it's, 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 it's the new world we... It's 2017, guys. It's like, <laughs> love it or lump it. <laughs> Chris, Chris is adapting. Yeah. <laughs> Evolving. <laughs> oh, it's beautiful. Gosh darn it now. Why am I thinking of Pokemon now? Damn it. <laughs> why are you? Oh, right. I was going to say, like, yeah, why are you? <laughs> <laughs> uh, my, my brain goes to random places when I'm tired, so I apologize to everyone. <laughs> And another couple of quick updates on projects that we've talked about before um, getting releases. And that is that the film from Studio Pollock uh, from Hiramasa Yonobayashi, the film that is not a Ghibli film but looks very much like a Ghibli film, um, Mary and the, and the Witch's Shadow. No, Witch, Witch's Flower. <laughs> Shadow, where's that come from? It's catchy. Yeah. Mary and the Witch's Flower. Um, has been picked up. Its international rights have been picked up by a UK, a UK studio called. Um, oh God! Is it so? Altitude. No, oh. Altitude. Altitude releasing, and uh, they are planning on releasing it in cinemas in the UK, um, and they will then basically uh, shop the rights around to other countries and. They will probably be looking for someone in the US to release it, but hey, G Kids, <laughs> it's got hey, your name hey, on hey, it. Hey, um, hey. And in this corner of the world, which is a, another animated film that we've talked about before, um, is going to be released in the US this summer by Shout Factory, uh, who or, who also recently released um, in the US. Um, long way north so they've been getting into more um interesting animation recently and cool. they also they also released um transformers the movie the original one so hey there we go nice yeah i think in this corner of the world it's supposed to be coming out in september in america and i think it's possibly going to come to the uk first before that at some point but the release date hasn't been announced yet um because it will be released here by Animatsu. Ah. Okay, and just quickly, some trailers came out as well since last time we've done news. Um, has everyone seen the trailer for the Lego Ninjago movie? Uh, I watched it earlier today, and um, I have to agree with what you uh, what you said in the article. It's, it's it's like it's you can definitely tell it's the same production value as the previous um, Lego movies. And, and also definitely the same style of humor. It's like it's very, very tongue in cheek in terms of like it's mm-hmm. not taking it's it's not taking its story seriously at all, which is I, no. I really appreciate. There, there are some good gags in it, um, and also there's some great casting as well. Like uh, yes, that was the main thing that that um, that makes me interested about it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it was, what was the list of the, the cast members? I think it Jackie was... Jackie um... Chan? Yes, uh, okay. Kumail Nanjiani. Looks like he's playing the mentor character. Uh, yeah. The, yeah, like, the, the draw for Dave me is... Franco. The draw for you is... Sorry. Is Fred Armisen, Kumail Nanjiani, and Jackie Chan. 
Yeah. <laughs> that sounds like a great movie. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And only in animation, I think, would you be able to get those three people in the movie. <laughs> <laughs> it's 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 kind of it's kind of struck me like this whole Lego universe thing, where like the Lego movie sort of said this whole universe isn't real, but then they sort of ignored that and just got off with the other stories, uh, which is kind of weird. Um, yeah, like but at with the same time, you Lego can also, Batman and yeah, I, I I get that, but you also at the same time you can say like okay, this is just another like if we've seen like how this world like moves, so like what makes it tick. But at the same time, it's just like it's that's you know now that we know that how it ticks doesn't mean it's not that it's not going to stop behaving that way. So I'm mm. thinking maybe just we're now experiencing just like the different stories and adventures of whatever like the kid that's if the kid's still playing, if it's him or if it's him and his dad or if it's like it's you know, mm. it, it's up for interpretation. I think, I think really cool. that is like the least successful and my least favorite part of the Lego Movie. The fact what, that, the end. well, the fact that, like, the fact that now people are actually like, I heard someone talking about the Lego Batman movie, criticizing it on the level that it didn't work, as like a tabletop, like meta. Other, like, like people are, are like using that plot point from the Lego movie now to, to criticize, <sighs> other Lego movies, which are clearly. That's... Kind of sad, actually. Spin off, yeah. and yeah, I don't, I don't know. I'm, uh, I'm all up for completely believing these other worlds. But it, it's kind of weird when you've already, if you're establishing it's the same universe, and then in the first film, well, this all takes place in a child's imagination or whatever, and then you carry on as if none of that happened. But Do you know what? I universe, uh, shmooniverse, really. <laughs> I'm 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 kind of sick of like movies trying to because um, that's when creativity dies, right? That's like when you when you stop saying when you when you say oh look this is this and oh we did that before now that we now we absolutely can't change it. That's when um, yeah when 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 creativity dies. Like look at The Simpsons. Like we'd still have. Uh, I don't know, like lots of lots of things like in The Simpsons are, are the way they are because they've developed and you know, there has been a degree of rec, um, is this what retconning. Retconning. Yeah, retconning. Retconning yeah. ideas um, to, to make them fit with what you're trying to do in that moment and I, I think it's important to um, yeah, for, for for filmmakers in particular to have that freedom because um yeah universe like continuity just makes things really stifled and i I think boring i think you gotta let people i i um you gotta let people do that i was i was reading an interview with um the director of the lego batman movie and he was saying that in actual fact uh there were things that they could do on that movie because it wasn't framed with this device that it that they were just toys on um, okay. on someone's like tabletop 
he says that they felt a lot um they had uh, the control the a bit the the, uh, the freedom basically to to do things that were like more like an action movie uh, mm. and he didn't feel restricted to do things that he could possibly i don't know uh you know make make yourself mhm yeah, I see. Yeah, well, I see where you're coming from. Yeah, well, I'm I'm happy for them to do that. It's just, I think it just emphasises the fact that I kind of wish that the movie hadn't ended. The Lego movie hadn't had that ending because <laughs> 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 I don't like the ending. <laughs> um, I'm just dropping truth bombs all over this stuff Whoa. this week. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, here's my uh, unpopular opinion. Ah, take it. <laughs> <laughs> Either way, it's still either way you interpret it, it's still a fun movie in my mind. Mhm. And other trailers was uh, there was the trailer for Samurai Jack Series Five. Has anyone seen this oh, one? Oh, I am so excited! <laughs> oh, Gendy, Gendy, you've done it again, and I haven't even seen the whole thing yet. Um, it's it's really interesting this because uh, we only had like kind of like some de- like some details on what's going to be happening in this particular season but a lot a lot of like the overall story i mean they're still keeping pretty tight under wraps in terms of like how this um this whole like you know miniature series is going to you know take the character of jack and hopefully kind of resolve a lot of the issues that were kind of left hanging when the original series got um canceled but it's interesting, like, some of the other wrenches that they've kind of thrown into the story. I mean, obviously, you know, Jack is still very much, you know, traveling alone through, like, this, you know, really changed, like, lands, you know, futuristic landscape, you know, just kind of just trying to find his way. But he's been doing it for so freaking long. Like, it's starting to, like, you're, you see in the trailer, like, he's getting physically and mentally worn down by this whole struggle, which, you know, considering how long that this, you know, original series went for and, you know, even before it got cancelled it's like, you know, it's that's a long time and then we had all this all this time between then and now, so it's just like I love how they're kind of like using that to their advantage and kind of how like, they're gonna kickstart the story again I think in the story it's supposed to be 50 years later or something Yeah, and uh, yeah. apparently Jack hasn't aged at all, which is a really interesting twist <laughs> Because he's magic. That's right, yeah. We, we, well, not, we're not sure if <laughs> the reason why he... Uh, I mean, magic would explain a lot, but uh, what kind of magic it is exactly, we're not 100% sure. So I prob- I'm, I'm guaranteed that's probably going to like be a big reveal or something later on in the season. If I'm, I'm going to try and quell my expectations as much as I possibly can because I want to be, be surprised as much as I possibly can from this, from this season. Cool. It does look good. <laughs> I'm, I'm not like I was never like the biggest Samurai Jack fan particularly, but I enjoyed it. Enjoyed what I watched of it, and I will. Well, I I haven't really thought if I'm going to watch this. Probably. <laughs> so I'm thinking I haven't actually watched the whole series, so will well, I understand it? But this looks cool. Anyway, <laughs> it's a really episodic series, uh, Samurai Jack. So I mean, like after like you get through like the initial pilot. And maybe, like, a couple episodes... Like, maybe there are a few episodes that are worth watching, like, early on. A lot of it is really meant to be episodic. With only, like, certain episodes following, like, a... You know, a, like, a 
ongoing plot line and then kind of re returning back to the status quo of like standalone episodes. So, like I said, now that it looks like they're trying to do more of like a, you know, serialized like storytelling for this particular season in terms of like, you know, trying to what we think is trying to conclude everything. So, hopefully, you know, having now those uh, standalone episodes, like I said, kind of builds onto the fact like, oh, this has been going on for quite a while. <laughs> 50 long years. <laughs> but good animation and uh, really love the the new designs, uh, character designs that we get to see in uh, the trailer. Like um, these uh, assassins, like all, these all-female assassins that seem to be uh, trying to hunt Jack down. I'm not sure if that's going to be a, another standalone or if it's going to be an ongoing thing, but they look cool. Dan, like, do you watch it? Um, yeah, I, uh, so I had the thing, like, I, Samurai Jack was on, when I, but because it never came out on DVD here, it was really hard to, 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 it was one of those things that you just, like, like, really, uh, because it was the olden days and TV worked like this, you <laughs> just had to put the TV on and whatever, whatever episode was on was on. So mm -hmm. I, I remember it, watching it like that, um, so I didn't really get the story, but it like as as um, it's like a an atmosphere piece. It was always amazing to watch. It was it was really um, unlike any other cartoon that was on. It was just about atmosphere, I think. And yeah. uh, I'm excited about about that. Um, I think um, I'm not sure if it's still going, but Adult Swim have like had a live stream. Uh, where they're just streaming uh, the whole series over and over on a loop. That's uh, actually, so yeah, that's true. If you want to catch up, I think you can do that. Um, but yeah, the main draw for me is uh, kind of like what Rachel was saying, is the design. Like, some of these... And it's and um, I think Scott Wills and Bill Ray and lots of the um, background artists and designers who are working on the original series are working on this one and for my money they're like some of the best animation designers on the planet and I'm excited to see their new work really cool and it's gonna start airing in the states on March 11th I believe 11pm yep. on yep. Adult Swim Toonami whatever <laughs> <laughs> It's it's Adult Swim's channel, Toonami's the block. Yes, yeah, I think so. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm still debating whether or not I actually want to stay up that late in order to watch the first episode, or if I just want to just set it to record. But I guess it all it all depends on what the old schedule work old work schedule has in store for me. But if I can stay up late to watch it, I will try, and then tweet I, out my uh, reaction. I <laughs> wouldn't be surprised if it was able to watch like next day on AdultSwim.com because Rick and Morty was. Okay. And Adult Swim like have a different sort of attitude to um, putting stuff online, so it might be quite easy to catch up with online. That's good. I yeah, appreciate I, that. Yeah, I think they like even they don't read a lot their their no, YouTube no, channel. That's, yeah, that's nice. why they're my faves. No reason, I think. Because mm -hmm. that is so annoying when <laughs> it's like, no, you can't watch this advert. To, to a trailer for a thing that you might want to watch. No, you can't. Like, why not? It's <laughs> just a clip. Not fair. <laughs> not fair. <sighs> well, 
I think we've made it through news somehow. <laughs> <laughs> I've managed to hold it together. <laughs> Nothing's on fire. Um, so we're going to go into our main topic and talk about the movie Maria Courgette, or My Life is Zucchini, or My Life is a Courgette. So, um, this is the highly acclaimed stop-motion animation feature debut from a filmmaker called Claude Barras, uh, and it is a Franco-Swiss co-production, and it has been nominated for Oscar for Best Animated Film. It was also nominated for Golden Globe, uh, it was, and it has also been nominated for three Caesar Awards in France. Um, which is not only best animated film but also best adapted screenplay and one other award that I can't remember right now uh, score score I think it is um, yeah it had a very interesting musical score that's for sure but we can, we'll, we'll get into that in a minute and this will be released in the US in cinemas uh, well in New York and LA to start off with uh, from February 24th and then it will open wider throughout the next couple of months or so and you can check out the screening list um, we'll put that in the show notes um, and it's coming to the UK on May the 5th from Soda Pictures so um, and I guess seeing as I wrote the official review perhaps I should start um, I uh, would just to say that we will we've discussed the fact that we are going to um, do what we normally do with reviews and we're going to start off with general thoughts and stuff uh, without any spoilers um, we think this is not really an easy film to spoil because uh, it's not really like a big plot film or anything um, but just for anyone who wants to go in completely um and yeah, spoiled by too many details. Um, we're gonna still gonna keep like uh, more intricate plot details and stuff to behind the spoiler curtain. Um. Yes, pay <laughs> no attention to the spoilers behind the curtain. Mm-hmm. Uh, but <laughs> before that, we'll just do our general thoughts and a few bits and bobs before we go into the spoiler section. Um, so. This is a good movie. It's a really good movie, yeah. <laughs> in my opinion. Um, it is. You should always uh, take every film on its own, but it's hard not to look at this like alongside the other films it's nominated um, against, and it is very, very different. Because um, this is the story of a little boy called Ikar, um, who is known by the nickname Courgette or Zucchini uh, depending on which version you're watching um, and that's the name his mum gives him uh, but uh, she passes away and he uh, that this comes really early in the film so <laughs> we, we ha- I think we can give away that that's not exactly a spoiler um, and he uh, meets a kindly police officer uh, called Raymond who takes him to a a children's home basically with other orphans and like um well they're not all orphans some of them their parents are in prison or something um and it's basically as we said it's not easy to spoil because it's one of those films where 
it's basically just it's almost slice of lifey uh just it really is actually yeah uh where it basically you just follow his time early time in the home and the people he meets and everything and what happens and um uh he doesn't get on well at first cuz you know what kids are like <laughs> he's he's an outsider so he gets teased and stuff like that and then but over time things get better and uh, he he meets a, a young girl called Camille and they become friends and yada 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 and it's great <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's, like, um, it's really hard to go into too many details of this movie because the fact that like it is kind of just like one moment to the next one moment mm-hmm. to the next one moment to the next but just like it's you're along for the ride and it's a very pleasant ride though it takes you to pretty some like some unexpected places for uh, at least some stuff that um you wouldn't normally expect to see in a film like marketed like this yeah um i mean we said that he he loses his mum early on and that's kind of kind of thing you see in a disney film <laughs> um but it's not like that at all because uh, it's you know it's basically more like realistic um experience of what what it's like to go into a home like that or something i'd imagine um quite a good way of describing it is this sort of an air of melancholy it's not it's not a depressing oh. film but it's you know it's not all sunflowers and rainbows and things like that yeah, it's, it's a it's and there's an air of melancholy depicted by people who are living in melancholy constantly <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> like you know what I, like it's not even it's not a depressing moment but, and yeah the the yeah with the disney film maybe the parents are lost in some battle or on a ship in the mm. middle of the sea. <laughs> this, this is definitely more of a realistic screen. tone. <laughs> they, were, they were swallowed up by the off-screen camera. Right, exactly. Yeah. And then you go off on an adventure, but there's no adventure. Right. It's, um, <laughs> it's, it's life, life is in life. Yeah. They car the going from moment to moment. That's the that's the adventure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's kind of it's soaked in melancholy. I think this film. Yeah. It's soaked in melancholy. Um, which is, yeah. which is, I, I, it's, but it's honest. No, yeah. It, um, it, it certainly is in the right place. Yes. Definitely. Yeah. But, you know, we want to emphasize this isn't, um, Grave of Fireflies. It's not, right. it's no, not, no, no, no. it's not a depressing feel, even no. though it's got this, um, it's, you know, this, uh, melancholic air it's it doesn't feel like you don't feel, oh this is I, depressing I, I, i'm really I, sad <laughs> i th- yeah i i know what you, I, I know what it means when when you're saying like it's melancholic but mm. um i think it's also really entertaining actually mm. <laughs> in 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 how it's um so it, it's kind of funny that you're saying it's realistic because to look at screenshots and yeah. images of the film, it doesn't look realistic. It looks really cartoony. It looks like like a kids' movie. Um, That's kind of what's so great about it—the <laughs> contrast. Yeah, but, you but know, it, it but, really is realistic in all of if, the observations that are made about the rhythms of how you get to know someone or. Or mm. you learn to live with complete strangers is is realistic. 
Mm-hmm. But not only that, it's sort of it's it's sort of uh, it's similar to a lot of these other films that we all love very much with natural acting. So the characters themselves have tons of appeal. But I found myself early on um, uh, not just believing the environment and taking it for reality, but um, but thinking like there are contrasting moments. Um, how do I explain this? The, so this the hand in 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 eye uh, animation and acting um, w- had such subtle moments, and the rhythm and timing of the acting um, had such were based in reality to the point that to the extent that um, like when they're riding around in the car in the vehicles, I thought like that vehicle looks so like you wanted to be in the vehicle with them. That was my first thought. Like you really, like I wanted to be in that world and a part of that world. And it, it just, it cracked me up because there was a contrast. You think like, well, that car, that car has got no engine in it. You know, like I was, like, I had, does that make sense? It was just, um, yeah, I know. It, I know what you're talking about. I had that. <laughs> I actually, I had that. Cause I, I, I saw it twice. Uh, and I, I was, I was enjoying the, the visuals a bit more on the second watch because mm-hmm. on the first watch I was just like, "What even is this?" I didn't. <laughs> I, I think I spoke about it back in November when I saw it, and um, yeah, or maybe late October, and I was like, I wasn't even sure for a long time if I even liked it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I love it actually. But um, yeah, I noticed like the car wheels were tiny. <laughs> like yeah. they're so. It's like the most impractical. Yeah. <laughs> size for a car wheel to be. But it's but so strange because it you think like, why are you dissecting it? You know what I mean? But I found myself doing that, and I really do think it's the contrast of um, of natural acting mm-hmm. within a space that's you know obviously unrealistic, but that you buy into mm-hmm. immediately, and so then it becomes sort of like a um, a commentary in a different way, you know, in the same like Anomalisa kind of was a commentary. Oh, right. Yeah, because it is, it is, it is like how you are when you're a kid, like, when yeah. you're a kid, you notice every little detail and you're drinking the world in and... Yeah, and there are things that the main character, I mean, that's really, that's whose eyes we see it through, see the story through. Um, the way you accept things as a child <laughs> in circumstances, you know, as a child. Yeah. And I think that that's yeah. what really comes across clearest to me. That beautiful. I think is the, yeah, really beautiful. It's one of the most realistic things about the film, I think, is there's a real... I almost think, like, sometimes when life has a curveball to throw you and it kind of shows its true face, there's this, like, almost quiet plainness to it. Mm-hmm. And you you just sometimes have to let things wash over you, and that's kind of how um, uh, Zucchini or Courgette uh, kind of, let's call him Icar. No, let's call, no, that's not his name. Uh, Zucchini or Courgette. Um, kind of reacts to the world he just sort of lets it lets it um, wash over him almost and I thought that was that was incredible because quite often when you see kids in movies they are they just don't feel like kids like it's it's such a hard thing to do right Um, you know, these kids could easily have been jumping around all the time because 
someone could have thought, oh, kids are energetic, so let's have them moving all the time and jumping yeah, up and down and being cartoonily uh, energetic, but they're not. I mean, uh, yeah, it's a right. real like testament to the directing and the script and the animation that we are talking about it in such a uh, talking about its realism. Mm-hmm. Mm. Mm-hmm. Definitely, yeah. There was no um, like wacky zany movement thrown in, like <laughs> right. Where no, like, nothing that didn't ring true. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, kid yeah. characters are general are really hard to get a tab of. Like they only um, like in terms of like believable kid characters in animated films, there are very few. Like the ones. Ones that I can immediately like latch onto, like say Lilo from Lilo and Stitch, and then these these kids would probably be in the same, you know, relatively in the same vein. The fact that you see a lot of different aspects about what makes them, you know, they're not they're not really kids. You know, you don't you, once you when you see a character like that as a kid, and just because that their you know their age is not as you know older as some of the other characters, you still have to th- think about them as a person. You can just, you know, it's so easy to label a, char- label a character a kid because they're generally younger than the rest of the cast, but they're still people. They still have, you know, their own motivations and uh, personalities that you really have to consider, especially when you're taking into account their personal history, which you can really see with these kids and how they behave. Well, yeah, there. I mean, there's some damage there and lines have been blurred. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's that's something I, I I did. Did anyone else notice that there's part of the um, there's a really subtle thing in some of the designs is that you can actually see like scars on some of the kids. Yes, totally. Yes. Yeah, it um, was the, great. Um, the, yeah. the 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 kid um, Simon, sort of slightly rounder kid, um, mm-hmm. has I think in I'm thinking his design he does actually have like a plaster. Mm. Uh, like a band-aid on his, yeah. on his, on his totally. face. Totally. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you, yeah, you're reminded of their backstory constantly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> you really are. And <laughs> it's just as well that they do have, like, massive heads and ridiculously <laughs> cutting faces. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> totally. <laughs> because then those kind of details stand out to you all the more, I think. Like, now that I'm really mm. thinking about that, the fact that, you know, we were talking about how, you know, the contrast with the realistic, like, act, you know, realistic acting of the characters as opposed to their uh, wacky designs. It's like, when you see little details, like the, the scars on them from, after, especially, you know, when given more enlightenment to, you know, what their their situations were, it's mm. just like, it, it makes you, it makes them stand out to you all the more. And you know what sort of saved me emotionally was, um, and it, it makes me curious about that because I, you know, we saw the or I saw the dub only, um, mm-hmm. but um, uh, Nick Offerman's laugh is so adorable and upbeat, <laughs> yeah. and he's so contrasty with his voice, and I was just like, oh, that's a nice little relief. I don't know, like I just wonder how. <laughs> Like it just seemed perfectly cast, you know what I mean? It's just like serious support. You kind of like lean on him, cling to him a little bit. Like you, you know, you think maybe emotionally some of the characters may as well. And then he's got that like little uplifting giggle that um, really works. And I just made me wonder about the other um, versions. <laughs> the yeah. the dub is actually amazing. Mm-hmm. It's it's yeah, um, I really enjoyed it. It's. Uh, I, I, having seen both versions of the film, there's 
is is very faithful to. I think it would be hard to to like punch it up. <laughs> so <to speak. laughs> um, but that the warmth the the warmth that you get from the uh, what, what was he called um, Raymond. Raymond, Raymond. Um, yeah. yeah, is uh, I mean Nick Offerman like absolutely pitch perfect gets oh, exactly what his job is, and it's not to yeah, it's not to tip his not to tip it either way to let no. you. It, 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 the film is just like a series of observations, really, mm-hmm. mm. and your job as an audience is or your pleasure is to to get to just experience them and. That's uh, yeah. It's, and then it's consider adoption. <laughs> <laughs> right, but only the two, but only the two cutest kids. Horrible. <laughs> oh, not yeah. the ginger. Um, <laughs> of course not. No. What? <laughs> no. <laughs> I think that's actually. I mean, that's uh, how you know it's French because uh, he's at the top of the picking order. That never happened in Britain. No, not the ginger. Kid. <laughs> Oh, he's such kidding. a I'm beautiful. Hit that moment at the end is such a beautiful, heartbreaking moment. I guess I don't know. Oh, I know. Oh, but the gate, the gate part, the gate part, the oh, loser Jesus. washes my shorts for the end to the end of time. I was just like, oh my god, no! <laughs> so that little mo- and then the pause and the cl- oh my god. That whole yeah, that whole sequence like that. That's, <sighs> I think. He was probably my favorite character in the movie because the fact that it's uh, we go from we go on a journey with him right. just as much as we do uh, with uh, Zucchini. Yeah, if not oh, more so. Yeah, he's, I mean, definitely, he's, he's definitely my favorite character. Yeah, as well. he's the kind of full. Yeah. Uh, he's he's probably the one that yeah you see is most fleshed out character wise. I mean, everyone else mm-hmm. you just kind of you are getting these little snapshots. Um, mm. But that's how you. Do get to know people. Mm-hmm, you totally. don't. You don't get. You don't get like a perfectly realized arc. Right. You yeah. Get you no, get sure. these like blotches here and there of like, yeah. oh, that's their not so nice side, or oh, yeah. that's them having like more strength than I expected, or you know, just little yeah. things like that. No, it's true. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely not a complaint, yeah. but it's it's interesting that. It's just, it's really, it's well, it's just well done. And there are some other, I don't know what we're, what we're diving into, to, I don't want to dive in too much, but um, just, I guess we can talk about this more a little after the um, spoiler, in the spoiler section, but um, the way the, the way that there are elements of the story in the screenplay that I almost feel like um, would have been rewritten in a different way to make things a little bit like neater, like make it create a sort of a neat package um, mm. with a happy ending. And I just, uh, they seem to really just stay true to. I don't know. Actually, I didn't read that. This is based on a book, right? Yes. Yeah. I, d- I never read the book, so I guess. No. Uh, was I, I get the impression the book? <laughs> yeah, I get the, imp- the impression the book was like a a small cultural like phenomena in in France and uh, yeah I immediately I was up till kind of late watching this so but and um, I, uh, I I immediately was just like I want to read the book now immediately like <laughs> uh, and I think I probably Me will um, just to just for the sake of it because it was such a beautiful story 
shall we just do a, a quick summing up of our um, thoughts so that we can just put up the, the spoiler warning and and, sure. and let loose yeah. and yeah. Um, so basically I think we all agree that this is absolutely worth watching yes yes <laughs> totally yeah. definitely if you have the opportunity to go see it definitely you know and if you appreciate you know really well done like stop motion animation this is definitely a film that's gonna really appeal to you and it's it's and like we said it's a very different kind of movie it's very like almost subdued but not to the point where it feels like it's not slow it's not um it, it keeps a relatively good pace throughout you've got some great characters and some unexpected like you know moments that you would you wouldn't think to see in a film like this and that really appreciated like a really good attention to uh the detail and realism like we were saying and yeah just go see it totally it's, it's just over an hour as well it's really it's yeah, yeah. <laughs> and as we said the dub is really good it is um nick offerman is perfect casting and there's also other there's um uh who else there's um ellen page is in it and and the kids obviously are really good um oh amy sidaris and yeah, um, yeah. And um, oh my goodness, Will Forte. Uh, Will Forte, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, really good, really good job in the dub. And yeah, Nick Offerman retweeted our review. Yeah, <laughs> excellent. <laughs> Thank you. And and yeah, we also got a nice, nice pub, nice um, comment on our review from Stephanie Shea, who I. I I'm not entirely sure she she's involved with the dub somehow. I just know <laughs> who's a <laughs> uh, US voice actress does a lot of anime, but um, also was involved like producing the dubs of this and um, April in the Extraordinary World. I think, which I still haven't seen the English version of that. Uh, yeah, I want to see that because it's got good. It's got some good people in that too. Um, yeah. So Dan, do you want to do a quick? Pre- I it I it was my second time seeing it this week. Mm-hmm. Um, first time seeing the dub, which is brilliant. I mm-hmm. think this is way better than I first realized or gave it any credit for. Um, and it's something which I think I'm going to be rewatching for a long time because there are just so many. It 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 it's so uh, confident in the simplicity with which it seems to tell the story and mm-hmm. with which it like proceeds there's so much to to discover in it and so much to see uh yeah i i think um it's it might be my favorite of the oscar nominated films oh wow uh and i really recommend you've actually one. seen all of them have I? Because yeah, well, you saw Red Turtle, didn't you? I have seen all of them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because um, we we have, I, I don't believe any of the rest of us have had the chance to see Red Turtle yet. No. That's so. a good point. Nope. Yeah, I don't understand. That's taking like I, everyone I know that I speak to is like, when the hell is that coming out? Like, I keep I've been hearing about that for years, and it's, it's, it's coming out here in May, I believe as well. Right. So, okay. We're we're okay. getting both that both the the indie Oscar nominees in May, mm. I I believe. I, uh, I hope I hope that people do see. Sorry, uh, just finishing up really yeah. quickly. I hope people do see my life as zucchini, my life as a courgette, 
um, I think it could have the same sort of appeal to people um, who aren't actually as familiar with animation that something like Mary and Max did mm -hmm. um, a few years ago. Uh, yeah, I just want people to discover it for themselves because it's, it's amazing. Von, did you want to say anything else before we go into spoiler mode? <laughs> um, I think uh, I'll, I'll just wait till we um, cross that line. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so we are we are now going to go into spoiler territory. As we said, it's not you know like a film with major twists or anything. So if you're not that bothered, you can carry on listening. Uh, but if you want to go completely unspoiled, then. Skip forward to the water cooler section. Yeah, you'll find the um, time codes in the show notes. Okay, here we go then. So yeah, this this is a film about a small boy who kills his mother. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's uh, that, that kind of was what what happened there, wasn't it? Uh, yeah. Just um, I mean, it was he, accidental. He, he bludgeons her to death. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he does. Like, is that yeah. how you define it? Because I she bro when that happened. Good old bonk on the knot. On he the, brains on the her. He brains her. Oh, I mean, God. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's oh. kind of maybe suggested that maybe she maybe hits him. I don't know, is it? That's what it seemed like, because it looked like when she was uh, she was coming up, because he, he was or is she just playing drunk? around. He was literally, the movie opens with him playing with her beer, her beer cans. That's such a then, dark image. I know, and then it just like you hear it's like a... he drops it, and then she gets pissed because she's drunk watching bad romances, and then she's coming up to where to his room to you know what seems to like you know threatening to like beat him, and then you know in in terror he tries he close he slams the uh, the trap door on her head as she's coming up, and then you hear just like this terrible thud, and then there the you know it's is, silence. The thing is, the thing that's most <gasps> disturbing about all of that though is that it's not really in terror. He does it out of self protection for sure, but mm. the fact that mm. he is creating a tower from the beer cans and that he's been gathering them this whole time to do his little side project is mm. the most troublesome part of that entire thing, and really like punches you in the gut because. It really does. Like, he's just taking something that's, like, he's taking this object, you know, that's obviously, you know, I don't know, I wouldn't say taking his mother away from him, but just kind of just, like, just doing yeah. really bad things, and he's trying to do, he's I, trying to make a good time of it. I'd yeah. say so. Like, for a mother, he, it's it's the only part of her that he has physical contact with, I exactly. think. Exactly, yeah. And like, that's why he's the only... memento. Oh my god, mm. that freaking he beer clan. He keeps one as a memento, I forgot about that. Oh my god. It's mom. It, like, oh my god. Oh, it's beautiful. And it's, it's so beautiful, and it's the the fact that those are the only two items. I mean, they could have done that a hundred different ways, right? But the fact that they're just the two objects that you see of his mm. that he owns that he puts in that drawer that, you know, he's settling in in the beer can. I was just like, oh, good Lord, like that. This, is, this is the effect that animation can have. Yeah, exactly. That's so hard to do in live, like, in live action, I guess. When you have something so stripped down, it becomes style it becomes like a stylistic statement like totally. a like a Wes Anderson kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. 
but in line in animation it's just like it's it's that thing that grabs people about the first that montage in up where it's mm-hmm. it's something stripped down to the, like, the barest essence of the idea and right it, yeah cuz and and it's and it's not um it's also it's just a can that says beer on it it's not like a branded can it's not trying to imitate right. any brand in particular it's the idea of beer yeah. can. So yeah, it becomes a heavy really symbol. Specific. Whereas if that mm. what, if that did exist in real life um, or in a in a live action film, it would you'd kind of go like, what is wrong with this character? Like th- there'd be, it would definitely have a it would have a, another kind of impact. Mm. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's that's fascinating. Actually, it's a really good point. Um, but definitely, uh, yeah, in animation, it's just sort of like cuts to the chase and becomes a symbol and much more, but you don't, uh, it's less windy. I don't know. There's a clearer path to the, to the inner workings of the character or something. I don't know. I, I don't think I'm actually saying that very well. Um, no, yeah, but I, I get what you're saying. It's just like, it's, it's interesting that the movie opens up with that. Just to kind of set the stage of what kind of movie you're in for. Yeah. And it does it. It, it does such an effective job, like in like a minute or what, however long the screen time is of right. setting up. Yeah. Basically, it really what his life is like. Yeah. It really cuts. I I noticed. Um, I I I I paused the film while I was watching it this week, and it was like it had been on for about twelve minutes, hmm. and already like he was at the home and he had met all the kids and the film was like absolutely underway and you were wrapped in and I was mm-hmm. like whoa it's done that and te- like it's done what most movies take at least what they would call like a first act to do mm. which is to get to the meat of what the thing is about and the, the thing is the way they dealt with the whole death thing I mean you think about the other ways that could have been handled too um there was no real focus on it. It had this funky, dreamlike, unreal, unreal quality that disasters have, right? So yeah, you're, yeah, you're trying to did that just happen? Yeah, like thing. he's kind of in a state of shock. You're kind of in a state of shock. Half those poor kids are have PS or PTSD in some respect. Yeah. Right? There's all and and you're sort of working. It's almost like the um, oh shoot, what's his name? Uh, the redhead kid. <laughs> Simon. 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 Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, he Enjoy. almost becomes the the anchor, right, for the entire film, while everyone oh. else is in this strange dreamlike state. <laughs> and then even yeah. the adults who are watching them, you know, are in their sort of, you know, they're obviously, you know, they seem to take care of the kids very well and everything, but they're sort of in their world too, in a way, you know, having their own relationship. And um, I don't know, it's interesting. I mean, a lot of the, it's not like it's glossed over at all. It's just that it feels very real. Mm-hmm. I, I felt that I, very strongly with, um, with, that first movement of the film that you're talking about, Yvonne, that it's just the world doesn't stop when disasters yeah. happen to you right. that are personal. It, 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 and, and, and the poor kid, Zucchini, uh, just gets pushed this way and that and swept into new places. And he's, he's still like in his old attic room 
mm-hmm. like mentally. He's yeah. Uh, yeah, it's heartbreaking to watch. But the film doesn't. Um, I mean, that's my interpretation of it because the film has a very even hand with how it shows these things. The music and it, it's it's not forcing you to feel certain things. Um, in the way that I think like, it's fair to say like a lesser movie would uh, it it's it's obviously hinting at like certain emotions that yeah the kids are feeling but it's not hitting you over the head with them saying this is sad it's um, hmm. it's very uh, very confident in that yeah well, I also think it's quite realistic in the way the we've always said this before really but the way the kids act um and in i, I was surprised uh, that this was pg-13 rated in america <laughs> and yeah. uh yeah you you find out why basically <laughs> the, the um the bit of the kids basically talking about what they believe um to be the birds and the bees um oh right <laughs> that, <laughs> that was oh. an interesting scene I wasn't really expecting that. That's what kids of that age do. Yeah, yeah, yeah no. Saying. That's it's, absolutely what you're saying, Chris. Yeah. Yeah, it's, no, it's, I had that's one of the most realistic things. Yeah, I had flashbacks and shudders of terror, thinking like, you, you think like, how do we even survive? Like, <laughs> like we're so we bumble through life. Like, I don't even know, like whoever has any information. But um, yeah, that's something else. That was that was a great moment. You know what else? I really. Um, I sort of mentioned this a little bit before. One thing I really dug is, um, and um, and I, again, it just makes me want to read the um, book. But uh, the the whole adoption thing at the end, right? When the um, police officer is like, I, "Like I'm going to adopt you, both you, both of you," but then there is like this little kind of like um, love there, and you know, it's like you know, is it a romance? Is it young romance? Is there are these just two kids? You know, like it doesn't really matter. But that's the thing. Like that's the point. Yeah. Is like it doesn't yeah. freaking matter. And like there's no like you know like brother sister. I just thought, like I kept thinking. I had these moments where I'm just like, well, this I know how they could really ruin this. You know, <laughs> like if they so, actually try to define it, but they don't. Exactly. They just leave it. And it's just more like life. It's like life is kind of messy and sloppy. And who the hell knows? Like maybe the kids wind up you know freaking married one day or or maybe you know what i mean or maybe there's just some really creepy romance or or everybody's all screwed up and like that's how life is you know and i just i love that it was they just let it happen (laughs) yeah and and the film it's and also it's not the sort of film that feels the need to tie up that end yeah Mm. yeah like who it, cares? It yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, but also it trusts the audience to be able to cope with that. Right. <laughs> with that ambiguity. And that's kind of where the animation for adults thing comes in, right? Because it's just like, again, like it doesn't have to be. We're not even animation for adults because animation for kids should have the same elements. But like everything doesn't have to be this neat, tidy little package necessarily. Like respect the audience, respect the intellectual ability of the <laughs> of the people watching the film. Yeah. I think despite the rating, it's a film that kids could absolutely handle. And yeah. if anything, would probably appreciate and relate to as much totally. as anyone else because totally. it really is I don't know there's nothing about it which is um yeah in terms of like movie ratings like inappropriate really 
Because yeah, the thing I, is, is, is the kids, the kids of the age depicted in the film, mm. know what they're like anyway. So it will just be like, oh, this is how we are reflected back on us, and mm-hmm. and uh, and and also probably with with um, with with kids watching it who who don't have experience of the harsher side of life for uh, for other children. Um, it's it's a window to you know it's a Invitation of empathy for um, yeah, some poor kids. <laughs> yeah, speaking of poor kids, I can't tell you how many times I think the the one there there are plenty of things in this movie that will like really tug on your heartstrings, but the one that like it happens every now and again in the movie, but it's like it it the more it happened, the more it just kind of just like oh oh my feels. <laughs> you know, just like just like like it, it's like so sad to see is um one of the kids I. I I feel bad because I think the, I only remember like some of the kids that were, um, you know, the, were the main focus of the story, and the other ones were, you know, really entertaining to watch. But for some reason, their names didn't register. There was one, one of the kids. Every single time a car pulls up, she runs oh, out yeah. and goes, oh, yeah. "Mom." Oh, no. Right. I know. Like that was that was the one. Where, like, like there were plenty. Like I said, plenty of moments in this movie make you really, you know, really like you know emotionally like. Mm. Will tug on your heartstrings, but that was like that one was the mm. most consistent. Just like ah. Oh. Gosh, I mm. forgot this. This girl's and, still and that's looking a really, for her mom. That's a really uh, theatrical, like, little thing to keep happening in the film to keep, you know, like a re- recurring event. But the thing that makes that little story is her reaction when her real mom does arrive. Yeah, exactly. And she's a stranger well, to her, and well, she not, reacts yeah. Well, not only that, but like. Uh... Uh, Camille's reaction when she, when she's like three, two, one, <laughs> like that's so, yeah, she, so she heartbreaking. Does it so often, yeah. But so, and then you just like cruel, but so real, you know. <laughs> yeah, I know exactly what you mean. It's like oh, oh man, just yeah. I and see, even the whole. I... Go ahead. Sorry. No, no, sorry. No, you, you, you're first. In in terms of like the overarching plot, like we know we've said earlier in this review, like really like there's no there's not too much in the grand scheme of things. Like I said, like it's literally moment to moment. The only thing that really does happen, like approximately midway to almost near the end of the movie, is uh, when we are in, you know we've been introduced to Camille for a little while, and that's the whole um, situation that she has with her um, her aunt. And uh, that's that's the only point like wherever you see like. Um, I mean, you get the idea that the kids that, you know, the, the different places that these kids came from were, like, really, like, you know, nasty, like, not like not really good places to, to come from. But uh, then you learn Camille's backstory and then just how her, like, she seemed, the poor kid, the poor dear seems to be going through, like, a trauma conga line. Because not only did she lose both of her parents in a really horrible, really horrifying way, but the fact that she now has this one living relative who seems to be... Uh, holding on to her and then dumping her for her own convenience. It's just like, oh my goodness. <laughs> the black lacy I think underwear. that's probably... <laughs> um, wh- oh, that's so what about familiar. that... What about that moment... What about that freaking animation moment when... Oh my god. So they're in the... They're on their little... They're on their vacation or whatever in the snowy area. And... and um, and, or whatever. Yeah, and then there's this moment uh, with the the two of them who who sneak out and go into the snow, and they have the, the boat is in the water, 
And, um, and she just, uh, when she realizes that zucchini knows her backstory and has read mm-hmm. her file, she flops in the snow. <laughs> yeah. Just like, how, Oh boy, here we go. How awesome was that? I, that was just like, to me, one of those little perfect, um, um, animation acting moments where I was just like, perfect like those those you know nothing better and then he winds up repeating it and i don't know for me it just kind mm. of you know just um, almost gave me like flashbacks to like being that age you know this sort of like mm-hmm. exasperation and or I, it's not even that it's not even that age it's it's like human reaction um well yeah mm. and moment. it's um sorry, sorry, i played that scene in a different way too Is i that was thinking could... that as well they could have easily made that a moment where, um, in, a, in a weaker script, it could have been a moment where it's like, oh, by the way, I read your file, and she could have gotten really angry and just really exactly. frustrated with him, yeah. and then just that could have, yeah. uh, you know, trying to draw a rift between them, but they didn't do that because it's like, why would why would they need, to, well, why would that need to happen in a situation like this? What purpose it's, would that serve yeah. to try and create a further well, rift between exactly. them when they're only going to get closer together in the end? Exactly. It it seems it seems like it's breaking a massive rule of mm-hmm. drama as we know it in film, but it's avoiding conflict. She doesn't want to make him feel bad and then for her to feel worse. You you kind of quietly there's like a real quiet forgiveness of like look, I I don't I'm not mad at you. She probably is very upset. But the thing is, it's not in her character either. I mean, she's a fixer. Like, she she has a different kind of personality. I think it also has to do with the kind of personalities that are cast, like, in the script, right? So, um, mm-hmm. and I don't mean actors, but I mean, like, character-wise, like, written in. So she is more of, like, an enabler, right? So the first thing she does is she diffuses uh, Simon, and then she uh, lifts up uh, the character's hair is flopping in her face all the time. Oh, I love that bit. Right? Oh, so, the, like, I know. Blonde hair yeah. girl. Oh. I mean, she solves yeah. everyone's problems. So it would have been, I mean, it would have been a, you know, a device, that, you know, an effective device that we've seen it like a million times if there had been some sort of conflict there but and resolution. But um, it would have been, you know, it was way more in character for her just to be like, all right, <laughs> but and still, feel that you, you know, know. hold on to the okay. love. Here we, we go again. I feels. get to talk yeah. about this. Yeah. yeah, it was amazing. It was really, it was really amazing. And and yeah, I mean that's a kind of uh, yeah, it's it's just more more subtle. But um, yeah, it's just beautiful. Oh. <laughs> I was, I was reminded. I think I think Dan, when you were talking about, I think when we were talking about Shaun the Sheep, the movie, um, about basically the film having the courage to just keep it small um mm. and it made me th- uh, i thought of that with this film i was thinking it didn't want to have you know i mean there's the bit where they they have where basically they hide camille from her mean aunt but other than that there's not like a you know that serves as a as a climax of sorts but it's not yeah. There's no there's no like grand gesture really right. or um she's not even in the suitcase put that on a long. concert <laughs> or right. and, Yeah, uh, no, it's like she's found out almost immediately. Right. Mm. She's dragged behind the car and then tossed into the air and then birds catch her and yeah. <laughs> no, we don't need that. Yeah. <laughs> My life as a zucchini doesn't need 
doesn't need those shenanigans. <laughs> you can kind of, kind of see, like, in, in the Hollywood version, they would have, all the kids steal a van or something. Yeah, exactly. Drive <laughs> Try to drive a van. Yeah. <laughs> well, it wouldn't get made in the... Ho- yeah, because Hollywood movies are, like, kids are either completely unrealistic brats mm. or unrealistic angels. Mm. Uh, it really is. Like, there's there are very few times you see, like, a me- happy medium between the two. It's like, oh, no, that's actu- that's an actual kid. Yeah, and if they're damaged, it's because they've been cursed and they're really an adult. Or <laughs> Well, <laughs> that or, or like, if, if they're damaged, they're... The one caricature of of, yeah. of um, damaged soul, and and these kids are like obviously very damaged, but but um, but funny and real and uh, still kids, alive <laughs> and still kids, yeah, mm. and still joking and still teasing and trying to grasp. Oh, I'm getting mm. emotional thinking about it. <laughs> Trying to grasp <laughs> what, like norm, um, normality. Yeah, it ref- reflects real life. Just doing the best they can, like we all are. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's. Um, I think Chris, what you were talking about, uh, the having the courage to be simple. It does it mm. far more than any movie I've seen in a long time. Mm-hmm. Live action or animation. It's. Uh, is pretty incredible that it is as to the point as it as it is. Mm-hmm. It's a beautiful film. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I love the the post credit bit with the. Um, oh my gosh! Yeah, I, that was awesome. Because it, it it I don't know about you, but it took me a a, a minute to twig what happened. It's like, why is this bit not dubbed? And it's like, oh, it's the actual kid. Yeah, it's the so kid good. who actually played played Courgette in the original version being interviewed in his audition and they've animated to it. Oh, and it's I so cute. That. Oh, awesome. That was a really nice touch. That was really Watch it again. Yeah, it was like mid, really good acting in that. Yeah. Yeah. And that that bit did make me, oh, I want to see the French version now. I know, <laughs> I know totally. Hmm. It's very true. I mean, it's very true. I was even surprised that the the, um, the joke at the start, um, my dad, mum said that dad always liked chicks. Isn't oh, yeah, right. <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, it's, it's pretty, it's like, I was, uh, it absolutely was the same film in, mm-hmm. in, in dub or sub. Um, which which I, I like it when there's a good dub because it means you can watch the movie rather than mm-hmm. watch the bottom corner. Yes. Yeah, I don't I always um well as you all know, like my um heart always sinks a little bit and I'm like dub. But <laughs> but this was different. This was different. It was awesome. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't have to be that way with with animation because yeah. You can yeah, like I I just do like to be able to watch the animation. <laughs> it's the thing. Yeah, but, yeah. Mm. But obviously, a bad dub is not something I can. Yeah, it's, <laughs> heart- uh, it's heartbreaking. Yeah, when you it can realize take you out of the experience, really. God, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, because you leave it going like that was stupid. Good animation, stupid. <laughs> and then you're like, oh, that's why the whole story was rewritten. 
Mm. Goofy mm. accents. <laughs> yep. We're editing out of stuff that originally gave the world depth. Right, exactly. Oh, that, that seems too violent. That's right. too violent and unsafe for children. So why would we include that? Yeah, it's crazy. Everything's all suddenly flat and two-dimensional. Yeah, no, this is but not that. This like is that beautiful. Hand, yeah, so. exactly. <laughs> we appreciate, we here at AFA appreciate films that don't do that. That they, <laughs> that, they that promote depth and character-driven storytelling and all that good stuff. Yes, thank you very much, G-Kids, for bringing this out in English. Thank you. Yes, indeed. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you to Soda Pictures in the UK for doing the same when that comes out. Give it a good release, please. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, we got anything else to say? Or? Um, other than just go see this film if it's coming to a theatre near you. Uh, that's, yeah, no, do that. We've talked about it for about an hour, I think, so... <laughs> Almost, almost his running time. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I was really. Um, I was really surprised. Actually, I looked a little bit into the making of the film, and I was really surprised that they recorded the kids um, almost performing uh, oh. the wow. the the scenes. So, like when they're on a swing, apparently the kid they have the kids sitting on a swing in the wow. soundproof studio uh, to really try and get the rhythms of. How they really interact uh, wow. across. I, won- I, I wondered really about how they how they did the original because the basically the that little clip got me thinking. I was like, I wonder if they like filmed <laughs> the whole thing or you know they improvised or whatever. I wonder how they did the original language version. So yeah, I got to see Chris. Um, did you notice that there was a recurring shot of a bird in a tree? And I did. Did you? But I can think did of. Did you by any chance think that that might have been a homage to Hector's house? No. What's Hector's house? Is it a British series? That I should sorry, know about. I, thought, I I don't know why I I thought I I don't know I don't know why I assumed that off the bat that you'd know about it. It was one of those um, French kid shows that was imported to the UK in the seventies. Oh, like, like um, magic roundabout. roundabout. Yeah. What about the squirrel? What's up with the squirrel? Didn't the squirrel <laughs> get a lot of time? I thought it was awesome, but I, I thought, like that. Yeah. right? How good was that? And I was just like, like right as it's about to, I don't know, maybe it just helped carry along. Definitely the time. It was like a shift in timing a little bit. It was awesome though. <laughs> I really. Liked it. This is <laughs> this is a slight slight problem. Like when everyone else is like just watched it yesterday or whatever and I like yeah. I actually watched it like a week ago a week and a half I don't yeah. know when I because I wrote where, whenever I wrote the review I wrote it before that so <laughs> <laughs> watched it before that so I, like, I don't remember all the tiny tiny details <laughs> but I am remembering I'm remembering a squirrel being awesome yeah, squirrel, but... he wasn't so much a character he was uh... yeah. but there were like two it's, you're like is there going to be a third or I think it was just two anyway <laughs> I think if for people who are you know still listening at this point, I just want to make sure that like that you're probably have a good idea what kind of movie this is now that we've you know I've gone into it and all the different details. But also we're like okay, we're looking for squirrels in the movie. Yeah. <laughs> I noticed but squirrel. Really he, nice he had like 
I noticed he had like a funny design. He had like hands and yeah. funny proportions. The, he seemed great. almost. I was just like, is he a symbol for something? No, but and then he like, ate. Wait, he, <laughs> his back legs. His back legs were like non-existent and almost seen. Um, like, to have him in there well, once, it was fine, the but then they went were. back. <laughs> so yeah. Like, what's up with the squirrel? Like, was he even like a the snowman nose? There was an orange thing he was eating it the second time. No, yeah, he was eating one of the carrots. The carrots. Yeah, he was the reincarnated <laughs> spirit of yeah. uh, <laughs> of the mother. The birds had a significance, right? The birds were echoing the story of the young uh, couple who were um, falling in love and uh, oh, the, having, the two, the having a baby. Yeah, yeah, because the birds like. You know, they went through um, the seasons, so to speak, where they. Ah, oh. oh, okay, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. Um, those those characters were fantastic too. I mean, I all I could think is all the way. Th- it's just I, they. I don't know if I guess it was a combination of things. It was definitely like the acting and the uh, voiceover for the dub, and then the choices. But the st- I mean. The whole disco. How great was that disco party? Oh I mean, yeah! All I could that think was like yeah. it just it made you it. and the fact that they were all participating and all it made me think about like the animation project and and like and the stuff Michael Collin does like working with kids and it just made you think like those teachers are great teachers. Like you felt, you really felt like all the kids in, in, at least in that home for the, however long they are there are being looked after and taken care of to the best in the best, you know, like they doing the best they can to make sure that happens. But was that not cool? It was just like, I don't know. And it's like, how do you, the fact that that could be conveyed so effectively, you know, and, and part of it had to do with that disco party, and part of it was just uh, just a couple little choices and scenes that were used, even the way they all kind of hopped in the van. I don't know. It's just they mm. they really seem like complicated characters. I mean, the fact they're having a kid, you'd think that that would be it would affect the story somehow. Where the you're like, of interest or yeah, and that yeah. it wasn't it didn't exist like that at all. It was so interesting to me. And and the other kids didn't um, they they didn't resent the attention that the baby was getting or anything. But right. the, the thing know. about those characters as well is like like you're saying, Yvonne, like the scene that you saw where they were like looking after the kids was them showing the kids to like let loose a bit. It yeah. wasn't something like one of the kids strips over and then um, she comes rushing over and is like, oh, sweetie, and like right, wipes right. one of their faces and, you know, something like sentimental, basically. It's, right. Yeah, it's, it's perfect, really, isn't it? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, there's really At least for this kind of movie, yeah, it just, it seemed to nail all the right aspects it should, it should nail and it's mm. just a really enjoyable film. It's not, it's not no. It's not a thrill ride. It's not you know. It doesn't try to be an adventure flick. It's just kids being kids. Awesome. <laughs> so I think I think that wraps us up for um, life. My life as a thingy. <laughs> Whatever. It, Whatever yeah. he chooses to call himself because he's an adorable. He's adorable little little kid. Um. Right, 
So now it's time for our regular trip to the water cooler. Ooh. <laughs> yeah, we need. We really need a sound effect here. We, basic, back to us. We need like all, we need like all jingles and stuff and the new. If any of our listeners are a talented musician and they want to write us a new theme song, like a like a eighties cartoon theme song about us or something like that, then drop us a line. <laughs> Animation for adults. Yeah, drop drop us a line via via the usual channel. Right, water cooler is our regular discussion of stuff that we've been watching slash playing slash reading slash doing whatever um basically our 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 group discussion um and i'll go first just get out of the way um i i finally watched kung fu panda free kung fu panda free uh i liked it i liked it um i haven't got a ton to say uh because you know it didn't like blow me out of the water or anything it's just solid Kung Fu Panda movie, uh, with great characters mm-hmm. and really impressive animation, some brilliant action, uh, some great additions to the voice cast, some good gags and everything. And I, I, I also, <laughs> I enjoy Jack Black's singing moments, like the um, the Nunchuck Princess of and course. stuff. Um, <laughs> yes, uh, I tell you, I it seemed short to me. I don't know, it's probably not that short. No, yeah. It, I, I, it did seem to go rather quick. Which is, it's like it goes from one moment to the next, and just like, oh, it's over already. It's probably not really shorter than most other animated movies at all. It's just, I guess, you know, it it goes along quite a lick, and it's entertaining, and you go, oh, oh it's it's at the climax already, what? <laughs> it flows really fast. I don't want to say it flows too fast. It, it flows, like, at a really steady pace from the start to finish. So that I think that's why, like, when you're going through the different, you know, acts of the movie, like, it, it tends to go through them relatively quickly, but it's it's, it's not a bad thing. The, um, the, like, the interplay between Brian Cranston as Poe's dad and, um, uh, is it James Wong? Is that his name? The, um, uh, oh, yeah, the, the goose, um, uh, his adopted yes. dad. Uh, it's very funny, um, and, uh, just he's just a great character the goose one of the best things about the Kung Fu Panda movies and yeah he's one of the best characters in the whole franchise yeah. and I really I, I like the um the jade warrior thing the the jade zombies that was cool um I they kind of have a thing in the Kung Fu Panda movies of, of making animals that you don't really think of being particularly threatening as the villains like they have a peacock in Kung Fu Panda 2 and is is he like a yak or, or uh, that uh, some sort of? Yeah, it's like a, a water, some kind of water mm. buffalo or a yak. I think it's one of the one of those two. Uh, but yeah, that's our, our Kai, our the primary villain, is uh, like an animal you wouldn't think to instill too much fear. But you know, he's still he's still plenty intimidating. I wouldn't say in terms of villains, he's um, I think uh, the the peacock mm. still is top, you know, probably the, one of the best villains that the series has had overall. Voice by but, uh, Gary Oldman, yeah, Ka- so what are you going to do? <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, yeah, what are you going to do? Um, but yeah, Kai is a close second. And uh, especially the, the whole zombie, the Jade zombie thing was just like really, well, it was pretty plenty creepy. Mm-hmm. The, the whole panda village thing is, it is kind of one big, really, really big fat joke, but 
<laughs> the pandas are cute and funny and uh, yeah uh, if you like Kung Fu Panda movies you'll like it I'd say and you probably already watched it um, so <laughs> I wouldn't watch it again I would you know I wouldn't say it you know I'm quite happy that I didn't watch it until after I you know we did our year in review or article and podcast because like, I don't think it would have been you know it's not like it's going to have taken over from the other animated movies I watched in my favourite list or anything um, mm-hmm. I probably would have be, uh, like been more impressed if I'd seen it before I saw most of the other animated movies of 2016 to be honest um, but yeah, like you know if I had if I saw it before Zootopia for example or um, or Moana or whatever then I might have been mm-hmm. like oh yeah but in retrospect maybe not so much but I did like it obviously so I'm glad you enjoyed it uh, moving on to things I did not enjoy uh, <laughs> oh, <laughs> uh, I did I watched go. some episodes of a animated adult show from Comedy Central called Trip Tank um, this has got quite an interesting idea and it's it's basically an animated sketch show and like all the different sketches are like animated in different styles which is a nice idea so um you don't have like one visual style for the whole program like they choose the right one for the right sketch um it's just it's just the worst humor of them like oh we made a joke about cancer. Oh, someone said dick. Oh, he said a swear. Oh, <laughs> rabbits having sex. Oh, no. oh, aren't we naughty? Cartoons behaving badly. Yeah. yeah. It really has to be oh. funny. I mean, that's key. <laughs> and it's gonna... not. <laughs> gotta be, if you're going to address, if you're going to be controversial, you got to be funny. I mean, yeah, sometimes yeah. that works when it's funny. But... Yeah, when it's funny. That's why it works for mm-hmm. South Park. It's because they're talking about something that's happening in in current events and it's they're actually being doing funny things with the subject material. They're not and it's not the fact that it's an, animated and they're saying bad words and, you know, making fun of current events that's, you know, it's not you know, I'm sorry, I'm losing my point here, but it's just like they seem to think that like okay, animation doing naughty things is a pun or a joke in and of itself. When guess what, guys, it's not. <laughs> That's actually, I think, um, also like South Park is basically character driven as well, and it's really hard. Yeah, that sketches. But I'm surprised the contributors apparently include Wayne Brady, Bob Odenkirk, hmm. uh, Tom Kenny, Larry David, Zach Galifianakis, and Camille Nanjiani. That hmm. sounds like a pretty good creative team. But, I think uh, I've yeah. watched episodes and yeah, it's just horrible. <laughs> I just right. I just your mileage may vary, but I just thought it wasn't at all funny. So, which is a shame because I I like the idea mm-hmm. of like an animated sketch show with the different animation styles. It's a good idea. It just yeah, it kind of reminds me of those um, that uh, what was it the uh, I forget what the name of the group is that have all those different like like an episode of like an anime or something where they have a bunch of different animators like working on the same episode or whatnot mm-hmm. and having like you know every few seconds it'll change to a different animation style. Mm-hmm. 
What was that called? Like, we've had the, um, they did one on a Sailor Moon oh, and Dragon Ball. Yeah, like the um, Moon, I think it was Moon Reanimate or Moon, Moon, like, Animate Makeup or something, or Reanimate, Dragon Ball mm-hmm. Reanimated or something I've like that. I've seen a few of those. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, that, that that kind of when you when you talk about the the style of this show, I, that's kind of what I pictured. And then when I think about that, like, oh, that sounds actually really cool. But it does not yeah, like cool. I said, you got to be funny first. You have to actually have good, you know, attempt to have good humor. Mm, it's just like let's be shocking for the sake of it. Oh, let's you, not. Chris, did you ever watch that thing, Animals, the HBO show? Yes, I did talk about that on the show, and I believe I pretty much hated it. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Good to know. I recall that conversation. Yeah, uh, and that was another case of like, oh, there's some really awesome people in this, and it's just no, it's awful. <laughs> um, yeah. So oh, I'm gonna check I this out. <laughs> you can skip that one. Um, <laughs> wait, that's me, Dad, for the water cooler. All Fish right. Out. Um. Alright, I guess I'll, I'll maybe go next because mm-hmm. I had a couple things I wanted to bring up. Uh, I had a little bit of time this week to, you know, maybe like just sit down and uh, watch, a, like finally get back to watching some uh, animation uh, television shows. I'm still making my way. Like, I don't know why I found myself going to this particular one when I could have easily watched Troll Hunters because I know that's that's on my list to watch and I don't know why I'm taking this long to watch it. So, sorry. Um, but. I did find myself going onto uh, Funimation's uh, website and uh, catching up with a show that they're cr- still currently uh, simulcasting the second season of, um, called Tales of Zestiria, which is a anime series based off of a very popular um, Japanese RPG uh, video game series in uh, uh, called uh, called just the Tales of, and normally like you'll have an installment like say. Tales of Symphonia, Tales of the Abyss, and each one is supposed to be kind of like um, an isolated story um, with a, its own unique worlds, uh, characters, and so forth. Um, I grew up playing a lot, like a lot of those games uh, through middle school and high school, and uh, though I admit I kind of fell off the wagon with like the latest couple installments, but I've uh, been. What I decided, you know, like what the hey, watch this show. Because it's, uh, from the what trailers I did see of it, um, the animation was just drop-dead gorgeous, uh, major, you know, props to Yufo Table. I think they're the same, uh, animation studio that, uh, animated, uh, the remaster, or the new version of, uh, Fate Stay Night. And, uh, yeah, it was, it's interesting, like, the animation is definitely, like, the highlight of this, this series, because it is, like, very well integrated, you know, uh, 2D characters with, uh, you know, several, like, three, you know, three-dimensional environments and, uh, you know, occasional three-dimensional environments and even, uh, some monsters that are very obviously, um, computer-generated, but tastefully so. It's a good mixture of the, of styles. And, uh, but really kind of, like, other than that, I mean, really not too much to say about the characters other than, you know, some amusing conversations and interactions between a bunch of them in the world is kind of gives me a bit of a King Arthur vibe in terms of how it, like, handles its own fantasy setting. Like, it puts a lot of, like, you know, um... Uh, I think they literally have uh, the main character in the second or third episode uh, pull a sword from a stone. So it's just, like, it's very it's very obvious that it's trying to be, like, a like a different spin on, like, the King Arthur tale. But it's it's 
it's interesting to follow. And uh, what else would I want to say about it? Is it basically, you're not going to get anything too deep from it, at least so far that they've gotten into it so far. It's really like, kind of like the games, the Tales games themselves. It's kind of like JRPG comfort food. Like, it's not going to do anything that's like too out of the realms, like really go, whoa, that's really different for Japanese animation or Japanese RPGs. But it's just kind of like, like it's kind of like this is warm, like familiar, like, oh, this is like this a story about these characters going on a, adventure around the land to try and stop some evil what's it at you know this other end of like in Mordor or whatever and it's just it's it's fun but uh yeah if you want to check that out it's uh like I said it's currently being uh simulcasted on Funimation uh Funimation's website so if you're curious feel free to give it a watch I definitely give it a thumb a solid thumbs up um and one of the other things I found myself doing this week because it was valentine's weekend and uh my boyfriend is a big fan of horror games and says rachel there's a horror game called that came out a little while ago called resident evil 7 let's sit down and watch it and play it together like okay let's just uh sit down and play this and uh, uh if anyone's familiar with the resident evil uh series uh which is courtesy of capcom the same uh company that brought us mega man and a whole bunch of other really classic uh video games. Resident Evil's kind of been all over the place in terms of horror like scenarios. Like it first started off like there's a bunch of these uh I forget like uh age special agents trying to infiltrate this uh zombie infested like mansion. Like very atmospheric though, you know, animation was simple, was very atmospheric and had a lot of like jump scares. <laughs> and how it, as the more games yes, have come out subsequently, it's more it becomes more of like a uh, zombie shooter kind of thing, you know, just like, you know, hordes of zombies, you gotta shoot them all down, and, uh, just, you know, one crazy scenario to the other with complicated plot lines about, uh, what was it again? I forget, because I'm, forgive me, I'm not as familiar with, uh, the series as certain fans might be, but it's, like, a lot of, like, uh, genetic research and just, you know, viruses and just general, just bad stuff going around. But, from what I understand with Resident Evil 7, is that supposed to be a real departure from what kind of the series has been originally going toward, and actually going back to a bit more to its roots and having it be like a actual horror survival scenario, where you're just this guy who has his uh, whose wife has been away, um, apparently babysitting, and then the next thing you know, you get a video from her in this really like dank place, and she says, "I'm." Just whatever you do, stay away from where I am. And then, of course, you follow her, and then it leads you to this, uh, like, little, uh, house and mansion in, uh, the marshes of, like, Louisiana, and lots of bad things happen. Because there's a really psychotic, like, hillbilly family living in this place, and it's, it's, they're cannibalistic oh. and murderous, and it's terrifying. Oh, it's hillbillies. <laughs> it's gone from zombies to hillbillies. It, it oh. Nothing is scarier. That sounds like a pretty classic horror setup to me, though. And as far as I am aware, because I haven't gotten like all the way through the game, I am kind of aware of like what happens later on because I'm not gonna actually sit down and watch the rest of it because I'm that much of a chicken. <laughs> but um, it does have ties to, in terms of the overarching story, it does actually reconnect with like the overarching plot of you know the um, Umbrella mm-hmm. Corporation and all that, and um. But I do like the fact that it, it the game attempted to go for a more atmospheric approach. It's like the there are jump scares and there are scary things chasing you, namely these, you know, possessed uh 
family members, um, a husband, uh, husband, wife, and, uh, their son. Just, just really, really just creepy, creepy people. Um, but it's just, like, it's, it's not really, like, like I said, it's more, I wouldn't say it's subdued, because it's just, when it goes over the top, it goes plenty over the top, but it's, I like the way they handled it. It is genuine, it can be genuinely terrifying, like, you're not, you know, sure what's gonna happen next. Or what kind of, like, dark secret you're going to uncover the further you go. It's just, like, I remember literally, like, when my boyfriend would hand me the controls, like, okay, Rachel, you got this. And I'm like, no, I don't! As I scream from under, like, a mound of, like, blankets and pillows, like, no, just take this from my hands. I don't want to, I don't want to know what is going to be around the next dark corner. It's first person now, isn't it? Yeah. It is. It was an entirely first person. <laughs> I it like looks that like, um, I, I was a massive fan of, um... The massively lamented uh, PT, mm-hmm. which was um, mm-hmm. uh, like a like a demo, basically that. Well, it was called it was called PT P- Playable Trailer, but it was basically um, oh god, um, in development yeah. demo for yeah, a new I remember that. Silent Hill project. Yeah. Um, oh right. By uh, Hideo, Kojima. Uh, Hideo Kojima and Guillermo del Toro. Yeah. And it seems like Resident Evil 7 has like a real um, uh, debt, uh, owes a massive debt to PT in its sort of uh, yeah visual makeup with it being first person and having very, uh, very like photographic approach mm-hmm. to lighting to create uh, like a creepy mm-hmm. atmosphere. Yeah, that was good. Oh yeah, that I they nailed that. Yeah, that was effective. I mean, it was a little. The puzzles got a little bit. Well, whatever. It was still really, really fun. <laughs> those. Yeah, I remember. Also, go ahead. Oh no, I was just going to say those horror. Um, I'm like the worst. I love them, and they just get into my brain so fast. And then I have yeah, to spend same. the next week with all the lights on all the time. <laughs> that's, that's exactly my experience as well. It's like nothing scares me. Mate, there are there are some stories I've read which give me the creeps, but nothing like lives in my like in my brain. Like you're saying, Yvonne, like a like uh, like a like a host sort of like eating away at the back of your brain. Um, like like horror video games. Yeah, it's uh, really yeah, bad. Scarier than movies. People... Sorry, sorry, Chris. They're scarier than movies. Game yeah. because yeah. because you're of your involvement. It. Yeah, because of, you're directly involved. And, yeah. Um... Have you played any of the VR games yet? Oh, you mean the <laughs> uh, the VR uh, extension of Resident Evil Seven? Because I remember that's yeah. When, I have not um, gone near that. When I got my VR headset, I looked on the mm-hmm. demos, and one of them was called simply the kitchen. And then I looked into it, it's like, oh no, <laughs> that was the VR demo yeah. for Resident Evil Seven. It's like, are you yeah, kidding me? Yeah, that... the whole oh. game playable. I remember it was when it was revealed at E three. The whole game is. Yeah. Playable in VR, which yeah, mm. I don't, I don't know that. I, I don't think I can no, do thank that. Thank you. Yeah, uh, I basically. Sorry, go ahead. No, I mean, on. I think I, I mentioned already um, a chair in the room, which is nothing, not even anywhere near that, and um, and it scared the hell out of me. Like I, it's just because it's immersive like all they you don't have to do that much if it's immersive and then you add the right music and um 
in the, you know, you, you sound correctly. I mean, that is enough. And then, you know, at a couple, <laughs> at a couple like <laughs> quick scene changes and some grisly um, environments and it's all over. So, I mean, the level, yeah, I don't know. I'll have to warm myself up to that experience, but. Yeah, I've, I'm not touching the VR Scary. with a 10-foot ball. I've been terrified alone <laughs> just from just from playing yeah. and just looking at the screen. I don't think I'll be, like, be able to handle uh, this game in VR because just because of I know how I am and how I react to things, and yeah. I will most definitely hurt myself. I'm bad, I'm bad enough. I'm still... Uh, I, I, if I have the lights off... You know, and I and it's and it's late at night. That's still bad enough for me. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I yeah, I will say um, for the our listeners who are horror movie uh, aficionados, if you are out there, um, if the best thing if you haven't played this game, the best thing I can compare it to, as far as like a would uh, talking with my boyfriend, who's also very big into horror movies, he said uh, the best film he th could think to compare it to in terms of just overall like tension and like payoff is called a little film called the The Hills Have oh, Eyes. Oh yeah, the, wait, there's so, there's more than yeah. one version of that film. Oh, where's there? I forgot. Yeah, that's a good one. And you know what film? You know what <laughs> horror movie? This is gonna sound silly. But um, I don't care. Like, I, I've seen it a bunch of times, but it, it also gets in my head. And I think it's all the, like, religious imagery. Like, they sort of use every single thing they could possibly think of. And it, like, gets into your lizard brain or something. But um, In the Mouth yeah. of Madness. Did you guys ever see that? It's 1994. John oh, Carpenter. Probably not. Oh, it's Sorry. awesome. In the Mouth of Madness, John Carpenter. It's awesome. Sam Neill's in it. He's the only one I remember. Mm. But Sounds really... Good. It's great. <laughs> is it is chance in the in the subgenre of movies of Sam Neill is forced to oh, uh, uh, admit that he actually kind of likes kids? And, no, <laughs> <laughs> the people sequel, like, prequel, like Jurassic Park, and Humphrey Wilder people. Uh, Ricky Baker. That sounds good. That's good though. <laughs> it's good. That that is one of the, yeah. I mean, I don't. I haven't seen it in a little while, but it's a you know nineteen ninety four. But it's it's um yeah. That one got in my head really bad for like a, a like days. Again, I think it's just it's like the religious iconography that um stuck in my head. But what was the other thing? Mm -hmm. Um, I was gonna say with the VR. It's a bit. It's also like a bit. Um, oh god, like Blair Witch. Also, like really. <laughs> The ending of Blair Witch, um, not the not the 2016 one, the the original, the real um, one, mm. the real one, <laughs> um, where it really it's just playing off really really good old fashioned simple ideas of yeah. like there are shadows and you don't know what's around the corner and it's a creaky old house uh, and you can't see everything. You know what's so funny is like, okay, so you know in real life when you say you're going to be hit by a car and um, what you do is um, the most, I mean, maybe there are ways that people like, I don't know, like Navy SEALs or whatever train themselves out of it or something. I don't even know if it's possible, but like, or people, you know, are like super whatever, but you freeze, right? It's like the, like, instead of getting out of the way, the car comes at you and you just stand there, which in the time stretches out and you 
think like, oh my gosh, I'm being hit, right? <laughs> and um, and the funny mm. thing is like in VR, um, I played one game that I played that was kind of scary was this zombie game. And um, and uh, someone, re- we were recording each other in VR because it's just so embarrassing and funny to watch. But um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> but but the thing is, it's, it's like any other movie. It's like, all I know is I was just swearing, swearing, swearing like a sailor. And then just everything is boiled down to like, no, 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 no. Like suddenly yeah. I'm like two years old, like swimming in a machete, you know, in the VR thing. So, no, uh-uh, no, no. <laughs> Yeah, exactly, because it just boils you down because you're actually experiencing the terror. <laughs> I can't wait. I, I'm, I'm, I remember I was bad enough. The, the most I've screamed <laughs> in, in like the last like 10 years was playing PT in the dark. Oh, yeah. See, that's scary. And I was so into it. And there was just like a really, really simple little jump scare. And yeah. I shut my pants. Yeah. <laughs> um, actually, Yvonne, the thing... Because that game knew how to build tension. Yeah. It knew just what to do to build good tension. And that's what this game, Resident Evil 7, it did the exact same thing. Yeah, um, actually, Yvonne, the thing you were saying about... Um, the dreamlike responses mm-hmm. is something that I always remember Resident Evil uh, 4 actually is the fact that uh, you can't run like you you move pathetically right. slowly yeah, right. in those games yeah. um, I had um, I think like the first Resident Evil game I played was not an amazing one it was um, it was like a spin-off one that was uh, available for PS2 I can't remember what mm. it was called but I remember that was so scary because yeah. these zombies, which are meant to be pathetic, are actually faster than you, and you're moving like at a, a snail's pace, and <laughs> you're just like, "Come on, come on, come on!" Yeah, and, that taps into some serious uh, psychological yeah. stuff. That's awesome. Yeah. My my favorite my favorite was always actually um, Silent Hill mm. because that really oh, yeah, went like Silent surreal Hill. and tapped into some dark bad places yeah you know what else was really good is max Payne. the um first one had some awesome not so much later on i mean it just sort of became Mm. a little bit more like standard but that early stuff where it was he was really um like he had some serious um trauma that he was dealing with and um things just got Mm -hmm. uh surreal I, i don't know it was it was cool yeah, something. But the VR thing is a whole other, whole other deal. Yeah, that's the and that, that's the thing that I checked out. Besides, like six hundred, I don't even know how many hundreds of films I watched um, to catch up uh, for film submissions, um, and sort of do some uh, housekeeping for that. But uh, great, amazing stuff. We have tons of films this year. But anyway, um, but the. The I saw I I watched I finally got to watch uh, on HTC Vive via the Oculus uh, store uh, Dear Angelica, um, which is it was at Sundance and a couple other festivals, but um you know it's available now. Uh, I think it might be available on Steam actually. I have to look, but it was done at Oculus Studio uh, with Quill, which is kind of like the. Um, uh, 
uh, tilt brush, sort of uh, similar to tilt brush, where you can draw in space and then re record the results and stuff. So basically, it, but this is an ex experience, dear Angelica, and um, beautifully done. It's beautifully done. I mean, you you're in the space, then the drawings kind of flow around you in the same way they would if you were, you know, drawing them or playing them back in something like uh, tilt brush or uh, or quill. And then uh, the story itself is beautiful. Um, I mean, I, I got choked up a couple of times and it, it was really well done. Um, I have to say, I do have to say, and I mentioned this before, but I, I don't, it was, there was not really, there was not, uh, it wasn't, it's not an animated piece. Um, it's more of, I, I'm thinking they're more like kinetic sculptures. They really, really are. Um, mm. so that you see lines being drawn in, or you see maybe, um, uh, like old, uh, sort of almost dated effects. If you're, if you've been using any kind of motion graphics software since like flash hit the scene, um, you know, you'll, you'll recognize things that they're done. That, I'm not saying that they stand out. It was a really well done piece, but, um, definitely um not animated um that said the tools that they had at their disposal they use them in a really um great way i just i get a little bit um irked when people describe it as an animation piece but um but uh okay. it was lovely it was really lovely kinetic sculpture <laughs> um okay. you so can actually, see it. actually yeah as a 360 video i think you can sort of look and see what i mean you can play it cool. via your computer i think um, Yvonne, on on yeah. that point that you're making about it not being animation, mm -hmm. um, that I'm I'm kind of thinking like so, animation and film and music are uh, time mediums, right? And when you said it's it's more like interacting with a sculpture, it kind of makes me think of also how you interact with novels. So it kind of describes time. Uh, but your experience with it isn't based on um, like watching someone walk f in one room to the next and experiencing yeah. like an expression of, I mean, of time. These, these are more so, like sculptures because like nothing's really moving. Let's say like you'll have something that's drawn in a three-dimensional space and um, mm. uh, say with it's really more like a sculpture because you're in the space with it. You can walk around it, um, or at least move in the space and, and look at different aspects of it. But um, you, what you see in motion are some of the lines being drawn sometimes, okay. or maybe the entire thing as one piece, kind of uh, shuddering once or moving at you, or there'll be lines kind of moving through and disappearing, you know, around you to maybe um, um, speak about uh, movement. But there's nothing moving mm. in space. There's no character animation. There's like a wobbliness to some of the lines sometimes, but it wouldn't be okay. keep alive. It's more of just like kinetic okay. use of lines. And it's really about um, the image, the illustrated image um, that just happens like to have a, a little book. bit of movement. Yeah, like, like, much more yeah. like a comic book. But then, you know, there is some, like, kind of kinetic, like, uh, you know, but it's not keepable either, you know. It's just kind of, it really is more like a sculpture. Um, 
but you know there's some great yeah and, and it does fill the space in a way i mean it's not that one's better or the other or that we be, would be better necessarily if there was animation mm -hmm. i mean honestly you know that's why it's a whole new world it's like the, then you add more elements in and then suddenly it's like well where do i look and then like where is the main animation right and things get more and more complicated so like as it for for you know what it it does and what it is it it actually is kind of perfect in a, in a way because it you know, it's a great, really nice story. It's heartfelt. Uh, it expresses something. You know, it's beautiful to look at um, and engaging. Mm -hmm. And, and uh, you know, you're definitely um, immersed, you know, in this sort of sculpture. But um, I just, you know... It just a couple of people have mentioned, and, and I'm not sure everyone is calling it an animation. It's just that I've heard it a lot, and um, so I always have to sort of. It, it, but we we still get I I still get absolutely, uh, like baffled and just completely confused speaking to people when they're saying, "Oh, the animation was beautiful," and they mean design. Yeah. When you're talking about something, yeah. I think it's going to take a while for people to figure out. Like, because it sounds like you're describing something entirely new. Yeah. Uh, actually, I'm. I'm also like really. I'm always surprised at how quickly people can pick up uh, artists uh, and people who draw can pick up new. Um, can pick up new ways to make things. Yeah. I was like when I first like got a got a tablet. Like I was just shocked by how good people were yeah. at drawing, at drawing with a tablet. But it it seems like people are now, like, have gotten really bloody good at this new sort of like sculptural painting thing. That well, just I think some people have been waiting for it. I think because people have you know, especially if you're like used to doing sculpture or doing any kind of. Um, sort yeah. of crafting. I mean, it's just, it's amazing. It's just another really cool tool. And, um, yeah. you know, that it really, I mean, initially when I played around with um, Tilt Brush, I thought, I said this before, I think, but like, I, I was like, I, I thought for sure I'd take the headset off and my computer would be smoking. I'm like, because there's no way it can handle this, you know? It was just, but it's amazing. You can like paint with fire and all kinds of different effects and and you're just doing it in real time and it just with so much ease i mean it's almost just it's like it's incredible so i mean i if you're if you have a real skill for um creating things within a 3d space especially if you're making stuff with your hands i mean i can imagine um you just have a field day you know and people have i mean yeah there's some really incredible stuff already um mm -hmm. It's yeah, it's something else. Oh, Dear Angelica was directed by uh, Sash. I don't know how to say his name. The guy who directed the Blue Umbrella, Sash. Chuck. Oh, yeah, that's Un right. that's right. Yeah, I like that one. Yeah, no, it's it's well done piece. It's you know for sure. It's worth worth checking out. You can I, I know there's a 360 video, but it's obviously way better in the uh, virtual space. But yeah, that's the mm. other thing that kind of gets gets my go a little is. Um, is that there are a lot of, I mean, there are some exceptions, of course, um, some really great, there's some really decent animation and virtual reality, but, you know, there's also a lot of people, and there are a lot of people just experimenting, which is fantastic, that's amazing, but then there's a lot of stuff that's sort of getting pushed through that's just like, you know, bad motion capture, you know, it's just like involved in some project mm -hmm. that might be really right. beautiful otherwise, but it's like, why not take an extra freaking month to 
really. I mean, just make, do it yeah, right. Like, wings, even if it's I'm, motion capture, like, fine. I, you know, fine. Like, it's motion capture. Like, yeah. But just really, like, you know, this is uh, this took two days. Like, why not just spend a couple of weeks? You know, I don't know. That bugs me. I do. I do. I think the same thing every single time I see some form of like motion comic-y like when someone takes an illustration and thinks and then someone's obviously been told here's an illustration animate it and they've poor sod's been given like two hours to do it yeah so you end up with all of these like documentaries mm-hmm. full of bloody uh things that, that, that you know that are like illustrations where an arm will like move backwards and forwards with really yeah. even timing. Right, what, right. What, what does that add? <sighs> I know, and that's the thing. Like, it's weird because I, I mean, I've seen so many hundreds of films now um, come through. The thing is, like, there's even there's a place for that. Even you know, like, there's a place for all of well, except for like the floaty CG stuff. But even that, let's say you can get away with stuff with editing. Mm-hmm. It's not ideal, but let's say like. It's a labor triangle, right? So, so maybe. But anyway, um, yeah. No, I hear what you're saying, and I have a kind of low. Uh, yeah, I, I have low talent, or I don't have much patience for that kind of thing either. It drives me crazy. It just drives me crazy when you know that there was a but, like you know that there was a window of time that people just weren't given to do it properly. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Anything animation related. Anyway. It's so exciting every time to hear you talk about like a new VR experience you've had of on yeah. because it's because like, I I when to, uh, hearing hearing you talk about this thing that I probably would have called a film as sculpture really made me think about the way you like I was saying before like how time is yeah. kind of portrayed in film and how yeah. this that doesn't sound like how. Uh, film like film treats time as much more precious almost and this seems to be offering like a new way of interacting with uh yeah with 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 the piece yeah and honestly that's a whole nother topic that we should explore um it's like linear storytelling and virtual reality i mean and when i mean games are a whole nother thing because and we're going to be um, focusing on that with Animation Nights New York too, with workshops and stuff, and um, and we talk about that o- offline as well, and, and um, talk about how we can all get involved via Skype at some of these workshop things that we're going to do, because there's just so much to explore, and, and um, you know, I really want to uh, do whatever I can to sort of help people, um, you know make the best decisions (laughs) like gain as much information as they can on the subject so they can make the best decisions moving forward because it's it's fascinating subject though definitely yeah we do we should revisit that at some point (laughs) we'd love to do that cool so i think that's gonna wrap us up for tonight been a very interesting chat when I actually could talk properly so <laughs> so thank you everybody for joining us thank you to the podcast crew it's been fun alright thank you Chris. and thank you to you the listeners for listening all this way if you did and thank you to G Kids for providing us with the screener to watch the film and G-Kids. for bringing it out to the people Woo-hoo! of the United States and Canada yeah, I said Canadia. Deal with it. 
<laughs> if you want to keep up with everything we're doing, you can follow us on animationforadults.com. You can follow us on Facebook, on Twitter at AFA Blog. You can find us on Pinterest, Google Plus, Tumblr, YouTube, even though there's not much on there right now. Uh, watch this space. Um, and if you want to help us <laughs> produce more awesome content in future, you can think about um, becoming a patron on patreon.com slash animation for adults everything is appreciated and you can find me at on twitter and facebook at mr christor where can we find you rachel you can find me on twitter at failsy ninja where can we find you daniel you can find me on twitter at hamu and Yvonne. I'm on Twitter at isnare underscore inc. And also, as always, if you'd like to submit a short film to Animation Nights New York, um, please do. You can uh, find us at animationnights.nyc or .com and um, submit your film via Film Freeway. Okay, and we will be back very soon with episode number 69. Indeed. So, good night, everybody. Bye. Take care. <laughs> Alrighty. Insert vegetable here, whatever. I don't know. Um, <laughs> it, My life is a carrot. Chris. Oh yeah, I just yeah. Sorry, I just heard heard myself saying that. Um. <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing how many titles one movie can have. Like it's it's like not only is this movie like testing our patience with that, but it also like Zootopia and everything. It's, it's, it's all over the freaking place, man. Can't we just pick a title and just stick with it? I'm sorry, I'm I'm still coming down from Chris's slip. That's okay. Oh my god. Okay. Yeah, uh. <laughs> I th I think the film is now officially titled Insert Vegetable Hair. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm gonna have to leave that bit in. Oh, I that out. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. <laughs>